Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Love Fruit Podcast presented by myself, Ronnie Smith uh, from the UK Fruit Fest and other and YouTube and other places you might have seen me before. Um, and today we have a wonderful guest, someone that you might have not encountered before. Um, some of you have for sure and he's a good friend of some of you but uh, I'm talking today to Richard Gambino and Richard is someone that I came across years ago when I would be um, watching some of Doug Graham's videos and things from some of his events and I saw this 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 man Richard and then I met him at the Woodstock Fruit Festival and for a number of years he was working closely with that event. Uh, Richard is a um, a very accomplished athlete as a, a runner and maybe other things I'll ask him more about. He is someone that knows a lot about a raw vegan diet lifestyle and has been uh, committed to that for a, a long time and um, someone who uh, we can learn a lot from I believe. So Richard is there anything else you would like to say in introduction to yourself? Uh, no that sounds good. <laughs> so, Excellent. Uh, nice to, to see you and chat yeah and i i, th I think uh, everyone's going to get a lot of out of this interview um so how does it start for you richard like why did you start making changes to your diet eventually ending up in the 8 to 10 10 sort of world yeah um uh i just i don't know i was uh eating just about anything at one point and then I just wanted to feel better. I don't know how I got the idea then, but I started to um, cut out stuff from my diet that I didn't think was healthy, like any kind of meat, any kind of processed stuff. And uh, I don't know, I think I, I was going to get a massage not regularly, but kind of often. And at that place, they had some information up. And I think one of it was like about the Ayurvedic diet and other things. And I just kind of looked into that. And so gradually, I got the idea to be more of a vegetarian. And I, I probably did it like in the course of a year, I just started cutting stuff out and feeling better. So I cut out meats and fish and um, it's been a while, so I don't remember exactly how I did it, but I just started to cut out all the stuff I thought was unhealthy. I, um, I cut out meat, fish, and I think then I was down to like eggs or, or dairy. Mm -hmm. And then I cut that out. Um, but but before I cut that out, I was I met this woman, girlfriend of mine, and and she was a vegan, and I wasn't a vegan, but I was kind of going that way. And then she she showed me a book, a book little booklet about why to be vegan, and it kind of was new to me i didn't really even think about it but then when i saw that book i was like oh my goodness 
And so it was easy for me to change uh, to being a vegan, especially since she was a vegan and she was doing a lot of the cooking. Yeah. And she always cooked good stuff. And, and there was like no problem being a vegan because it was so easy to substitute stuff. And I mean, it was whole foods, it was whole grains, it was vegetables. It was it just was easy to do. But um, so then I stayed vegan, even though we broke up after a while. And I was vegan. I was running, I was working, I was doing, uh, at first I was doing landscape work for my own, my own business. And then I started doing stone masonry and I was running and doing hard work and I was getting kind of tired sometimes and like had some aches and I was just like, I want to be more fit. I want to be healthier. And I don't know exactly how I got to it, but I started searching online for like, well, maybe there's something wrong with the vegan diet, you know? So I started to look online and I found a vegan forum and I kind of asked people there, I said, well, what do you think about, you know, some aches and pains from running or like hips or knees or something like that and working? And they said, well, you're just getting older, so you got to accept it. And I didn't like that answer, so I kept looking. And that's how I found Doug Graham online. I found his his forum that he had back then. Yeah. Now there's a different forum, I think. But it was a veg source forum. And I, and I... I, I learned a lot there and I started to read his book and I read some other books too. And I, I looked online cause there was a good amount of, of information when I was searching. Um, so I saw like David Wolf and Frederick Patton, and I, they were kind of compelling. David Wolf was really, like a salesman and um, he made everything sound like it was magic. And I didn't really like that too much. What I just, it just seemed more like he was just trying to get you to buy all these special foods and boxes and packages. And I didn't like that. I, I even tried his cacao recipe once. It was some kind of um, nut, cacao and some sweetener and it made me when i when i ate it it made me feel like i was gonna run around the room and like go crazy yeah yeah. i I wasn't used to that stimulant of the cacao and i never drank coffee um you know i tried it once when i was like 18 or 19 and it just made me feel so crazy that i just didn't want to drink it anymore. So I never got hooked on it. So when I had that, it made me feel kind of crazy too. So I just kept looking around and I saw some other books on raw, uh, eating raw, vegan. And the Botankos uh, had some pretty good information. 
And then there was Dave Klein and he had some nice, nice pure information there, I thought. Mm -hmm. um, so eventually I just bought Doug's book and when I read it, it made so much sense to me. And so I just started, I was already vegan and I was working at a food bank garden in Oregon. And so I had access to a lot of vegetables, uh, fresh vegetables. And uh, the time that I read it was spring and summer. So I just switched during that time to raw vegan. And it wasn't too hard because I was already vegan for a few years. I mean, actually it was nine years after I switched to being vegan uh -huh. was when I started raw vegan. And I cut out, you know, more stuff. I cut out cooked food, I cut out like what Doug recommended is what I did basically. No salt, no oil, no vinegar, nothing like that. And I and I his book just made so much sense of you know the reasons he gave was like our bodies um, are built for you know a fruit and veggie diet with frugivorous primates. Yeah. And then there was other books he wrote too, like, um, well, so the book that I read was the 80-10-10 diet. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. And the fact that you were an athlete as well, did that, did Doug's approach appeal to you because of that as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think if you're an athlete, you have like more demands on your body to be healthy. You want to be healthy because you can perform better when you're healthy and vibrant. So yeah, just having, I think also being active helps you um, get healthy too and it helps your appetite even if you're not like training yeah. a lot, as long as you're doing some physical work and exercise, definitely helps. Yeah. So, um, and that's a so that that's a uh, thanks for the uh, your story there of of that. What, what about like if we go back a little bit? What made you? You said that you cut out these different things like meat and fish and and things like that. What made you do all that? Did had, did you how did you know these things weren't healthy did you were you uh, encouraged to do that or uh, I was you know by myself no one was telling me to do it but I really don't know how I got the idea I mean the vegan thing was yeah I, I think I think it was the I must have read read about it somewhere but I tried it and I just had a sense that it wasn't good. I mean, eating fatty meat. Oh, I think, yeah, a while ago before this, even though I didn't change to being a vegan so much, I did sort of think about it a lot. And at one point, I think I might've been vegan 
and then went back to like eating stuff again. But it was this book called Fit for Life. Mm-hmm. I think I read it in like 1984 or something like that. And they were saying how, like if you gave, a, if you had a baby and you gave them, I think they said like a strawberry and a little bunny. Yeah. Well, do you think they would eat the bunny and play with the strawberry? So they said they would eat the strawberry and pet the bunny. And that made sense to me. They're, they're not like a, a lion or something. Yeah. Kind of, that would find the bunny, you know, mouthwatering. So kind of like good enough logic for me at that point. And so I think maybe I always had that in my head for several years. And so I kind of, when I wanted to be healthy again, I started to cut out that the meat and stuff like that. Plus I felt better when I did. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And how did you get into being like a runner? I know that you, I believe you're quite, you were a quite high level at steeplechase was your event, which is quite unusual. Um, How did, what was, what's your story? Were you always athletic? Uh, Yeah, I was always an outdoor kid. I used to play outdoors a lot, but um, I started running track when I was in high school and I did that for most of the years. And then when I went to college, I ran track and I competed track, um, outdoor, indoor track and cross country. And I really liked it. And then I kept running after college, but I took a break. I think when I, um, maybe like four years after college, I took a break for a while, but then I started running again, you know, a number of years later. And then I just kept it up. So now it's, it's part of my just fitness to stay healthy and fit. Yeah, I did run after, I did run uh, you know, like all comers meets and I ran the steeplechase because you know I was kind of trying something new and it sounded exciting, but it was really scary at the same time. Yeah. I had to learn how to go over the barriers, but I did that later. And well, I did get all American status in that for my age group. So what does that, yeah. what does, what does that mean? All American means that like, um, I'm not sure. Hold on a second. Uh, yeah, I got this award. Nice. Nice. That's cool. Right. Yeah, 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 no, I can see it. Yep. I so can see it. That was a 3,000 meter steeplechase, and it means you're like in the, I think it's the top 5%. But they had um, time 
a time cut off and I made the time for my age group at the time I did that. Yeah. So, and you did that on a raw vegan diet, am I right? Oh, yeah. Actually, I was trying to get the, the mark for two years, two different, you know, summer season would come around and I tried twice and I didn't get it, but I got closer. And then, uh, well, I, I was already, yeah, that was 2012. I did that. And I started being a raw vegan in 2007. Oh, wow. In 2000, before I did the steeplechase where I actually qualified, it was the third time that I qualified. Before I did that, I did um, at least, I probably did two of Doug Graham's um, health and fitness week. Mm -hmm. And then the beginning of 2012, I did a, a water fast in Costa Rica with Doug Graham. Oh, wow. And uh, so I did, I fasted on water in his uh, fasting retreat place for 22 days, mm -hmm. just water, no eating, just kind of resting and fasting and what was um, your what, what was your experience like with that i'll tell you in a second but i just wanted to say after i got done with the fast uh -huh. and then recovered and kept training that's when i got the mark and i felt like a lot of that was because i was healthier and fasting well that, that's when i succeeded but that's a, yeah the fast, I would say, was great. Um, I really liked it. I liked the retreat area, you know, Costa Rica and his facility, the facility he had for it there was really nice. There was, you know, tropic, uh, tropical feel to it with all the trees and there was a big, uh, Creek, or actually, it was a small river right by it, which was pretty loud, but you could hear the water while you're fasting. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was good. I got to rest for, you know, 22 days. And, you know, it was a little tough to give up food because I was really enjoyed my food, but actually, everyone else was doing it. So there was plenty of support there. And it, it was kind of nice. I just didn't have to do anything for, you know, basically three weeks. Just, and this, you know, staff would check on you and take care of you. And we had um, educational meetings every day for a few hours, just so you, you'd learn what, what you're doing while you're fasting. And I like that because I learned a lot about the body and how it works and it helped with any concerns or fears about fasting. So, I don't know, it went pretty, pretty smoothly for me. I remember being hungry and then not hungry and then hungry and not hungry. So it kind of just came and went. 
And yeah, I don't know. It was, you might think, oh, it's tough to not eat for 22 days, but in a, in a setting like that, it's all the support. You got the right mindset. You got someone looking after you. It's not, it's not. Yeah. Hard. So what are, the, what are some of the things that you learned from Doug? From Doug? You mean in general or at that? Yeah, in, in, in general, at the different events you've been to with him and time you've spent with him. Um, well, I still talk to him now uh -huh. uh, and chat with him on, you know, messaging and stuff like that, email or chat or whatever. But um, what I learned from Doug, <clears throat> I don't know, that's tough. Uh, can you be more specific? <laughs> I guess about, I'm interested if, if you learned anything about, uh, about fitness from him that you took into your, uh, sport. Yeah. He, you know, the events that I did was all about fitness. It was health and fitness week. And what did I learn? Um, I think you just gotta really take care of yourself and you gotta know what you're doing when you're training, not overtrain. Uh, and definitely you wanna recover. Recovery is super important. Most people don't recover enough and then you have to eat right. And I think eating right is raw fruits and vegetables and some nuts and seeds, avocados, stuff like that. Yeah. But, what, you know, what? if you're going to be an athlete, you got to be an athlete. And to be an athlete, I think diet would help you immensely. And what is what is your diet consist of at the moment? It's pretty much the same as it's been since I started. I just followed his... his um, you know, advice, his recommendations in his 801010 book. Yeah. Um, and I probably adjusted and learned a lot, but I would say right now I I like juicy fruits in the morning after I run. I mean I don't run every morning, but I still like the juicy fruits in the morning. So that would be like melons. Yeah pretty much any kind, but I really like watermelons and I was able to grow some. Um, also in the winter, it would be like citrus. In the morning, could, yeah. Yeah, I could find some oranges and grapefruits. Pomegranates are kind of juicy, so I like those. Yeah. But they take a long time to eat. So I yeah. eat those before dinner salad. Before. Yeah. So I'll eat juicy fruit in the morning because it's easy to digest. And I'm usually not super hungry in the morning. Um, yeah, oranges, melons, papaya. I like papaya. Mm -hmm. And I always try to get things when they're ripening season. Otherwise, they don't taste so good. So then for lunch, almost always bananas. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I like to mash my bananas and then eat them with a spoon in a bowl. That's brilliant. I love that as well. But I found on days that maybe I'm not so hungry, I should eat bananas whole, just peel them and eat ripe bananas. Bananas have to have lots of spots. Otherwise, they taste kind of green and starchy to me. Yeah. So I eat like 10 to 15 bananas uh, for lunch. If they're big ones, it'll probably be like 10 bananas. And if they're medium, it'll be like 12. And if they're kind of on the small side, it'd be 15. And this is like, the, you know, the regular Cavendish bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in, I lived in Hawaii for five months and we had lots of different bananas there because um, you know, the guys staying with grew, grew some. And the funny thing was they had those little apple bananas where they're kind of tart and they were really good and we let them ripen so that they were sweet. But I found that I really did like the Cavendish a lot, even though it's kind of maybe boring because it's really sure. sweet. It's sure. really sweet and creamy. Yeah. And then some, you know, a lot of times I'll eat a, a snack in the afternoon too if I'm working hard and I get hungry because I have pretty long days. Yeah. Um, right now I'm farming on about three quarters of an acre, doing a no-till organic regenerative kind of farming. Yeah, I want to ask you about that. So where is it Where is it you are in the world? It's Northern California, I believe? No, Southern. Okay. I'm about two hours from LA, north of LA. And um, you... Is it you rent a, a farm or how does it yeah, work? Yeah, I, I pay and lease a plot there. Um, yep. I have a little farm stand there. Oh, Ooh. yeah. So you actually, you actually sell some fruit as well or some uh, fruits and vegetables? Yeah. Right now it's, most, it's mostly vegetables. Whatever is in season, I can farm there pretty much all year. Things are a little slow in December, but like the the end of November, December, and I'd say like half of January, it's pretty slow because of the shorter days. But I can grow greens through the whole winter and I can have lettuce and kale, chard and some other things leafy things but then when summer comes i can grow tomatoes eggplant peppers zucchinis cucumbers uh tomatillos yeah are you growing much other like tree fruits yeah i planted when i started there which was five and a half years ago um i planted trees that grow well there pomegranates, jujubes, some pineapple guavas, uh, fig trees. 
have about five fig trees. Mm -hmm. um, and they're starting to produce now, but not so much to sell. So I'm, I'm eating it all myself, basically. And where, where's your farm stand if people want to come, if they, live, if they maybe live there? It's in Upper Ojai, California. It's cool. So, yeah, they can see my Instagram. Yeah, what's your Instagram again? Topa Vista Farm. T-O-P-A uh, Vista V-I-S-T-A and Farm. That's on Instagram. Excellent. And uh, do you enjoy that aspect of it? Is, is that something you've always done or is it since you've been a raw vegan that you've been growing stuff? Um, I've been gardening for a long time probably 30 years and when i was in oregon before i moved to california i farmed there about three seasons of an actual farm and sold stuff at a farmer's market small scale um then i came to california i started my garden and i got kind of inspired i guess i just yeah, because I was raw vegan, I wanted to grow my own fruits and vegetables. And so that's one reason I moved to California. And I was gardening at home with a pretty big garden and just wanted more, I guess. One day I was running and I kept running by this, this acreage that looked like a farm, but it was kind of neglected. And after running by there several times and thinking about it, I asked, you know, who was there, if it was available. And that's how I got it. I, st I talked to the owner and made a deal to start growing there. So I have a little farm there now. That's cool. And yeah, I, I moved to California because longer and sunnier days, because I really liked growing stuff. Yeah. And um, you, you were helping out at the Woodstock Fruit Festival for a while, I believe. What was your experience like there? Yeah, um, I met Mike Arnstein, the owner of the Fruit Festival. Yeah. Yeah, I met him. I'm not even sure how I met him. It was when I first started to be raw vegan. And I was looking for other raw vegans and somehow I connected with them, maybe through Doug Graham. Yeah. And so one time Michael was, I guess 2009, he was gonna do an ultra marathon. And somehow we connected, I guess because it was in California and I was in Oregon. So he wanted someone to help manage I guess his team like not his team but like manage supplies and stuff like that for him and he had he had guys that would run with them I ran with them part of the race um, but mostly I just ordered fruits and stocked up you know it was a trip that we it took a few days, so we needed a bunch of fruit. Mm -hmm. So with 
Michael and there was like two or three other guys and me. We had, we we're all eating raw vegan then. So we needed a lot. We filled up a van with whole, you know, fruits from a wholesale company. Mm-hmm. And we went down to California and did the race. Um, so that's how I met Michael. And he says that was the first Woodstock. <laughs> so then after that, we started the first Woodstock. Michael started it and, and I helped out in it. Um, that was, I think that was in Woodstock, <laughs> Woodstock, New York. And so we did a little Woodstock fruit festival there. Maybe there yeah. was like 100 people. Mm-hmm. That was the first one. So I helped with the fruit there and, and, you know, being a produce manager. So then for the next, I think it was three more I, I did, two or three more I did with Michael in, in the new place that he has now, which camp, I forgot the name of the place. Camp Walden? Camp Walden, yeah. Um, so it got bigger and bigger. More people came. They kept they kept uh, renovating and and improving the facilities there. Yeah. I don't know. There was so many great people that I met when I was there. I met Alan and Jeanette from Australia. Uh huh. They ran around Australia. Uh, yeah. They did, like, a crazy amount of running in Vibrams. Yeah. They, were, they did all the way around Australia. They, on a raw vegan diet. Um, that was pretty inspiring. So there was a lot of special people there. Grant Campbell was there. Doug, Doug was there. Uh, so many, so many people that I got to know. We run around the lake. There was all yeah. these different activities. It was great. Yeah, yeah. And you were kind of working. Like, were you ordering the produce, or what? What you were produce manager or something? Yeah. Um, well, we had several people in different shifts, and I was kind of just keeping an eye on all the produce, but. You know, Michael and I would talk about what, how much to order and what we needed and make, you know, decide. It's kind of tricky because yeah. produce is always tricky. Um, <clears throat> then it was Ann Osborne there and uh, Yulia. Yeah. And those two were doing a lot of, a lot of the work of organizing. They did a great job but they would help also with the fruit orders and then we'd always have to like unload and move fruit and I'd, I'd have to keep an eye on what's what needs to be eaten and how to uh, put it out when it's ripe and yeah it's stay ahead of the hungry crowd mm-hmm. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so you've not been there for a, for the last couple of years. I've I've not seen you there for a while. So, 
Yeah. Are you just are you just enjoying being on your own out there in, in Ojai and hanging out? Well, actually, the reasons I haven't gone is because it's been a lot of work to do this farm. Right. And I, have, I do it by myself and I have to stay connected to it unless I got someone else to take over, which I really didn't feel comfortable doing. And I don't really like traveling so much. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I do miss having other raw vegans that mm -hmm. I can be friends with. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of doing the, you know, this farm and living in California, but I don't know. <laughs> I wish there was more around, I guess. I'm kind of in a rural area too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what would be some of your, your advice for people that are starting off in this path um, to becoming, to getting on a raw vegan diet? What, what, how would you advise them? Um, to educate yourself is really important. Mm -hmm. I would get Doug Graham's book, The 80-10-10 Diet, Mm -hmm. and read that and take that seriously. Um, I also think that there's, there's, there's some other good educators out there too. Mm -hmm. There's um, doctors Rick and Karen Dina. Mm -hmm. I think they're, they have some really good information and I like the way, you know, they can communicate with people. Yeah. Um, I think they're really knowledgeable about the facts and the science and they know how to work with people. So they, they have a lot of information online and there's courses they do. And I think they have some books out. Mm -hmm. um, but there's raw food education. That's the name of their business, raw yeah. food education. So I would say to to look at those people, read what they have to say, and, and start right away. Yeah. Just do it. The only way to learn is to do it. Um, yeah, I like, this is how I do it. I eat my juicy fruits in the morning. I eat my bananas for lunch, maybe snack in the afternoon. Um, then for dinner, it would be some more fruit, usually juicy fruit. And then I got to leave some room for my salad. So I don't eat too much fruit. But if I just ate salad, I tend to be hungry and want to eat fruit after it anyway. Yeah. So I just eat some juicy, lighter fruit. And then I eat my salad. And my salad is usually lettuce. I mean, like right now, it's different than in the winter. And summer is different than the winter, but mm -hmm. in the summer I eat a salad that's lettuce, cucumbers, zucchinis, tomatoes. Um, I think that's pretty much my basic salad. And I put a little kale in there or spinach or chard. But um, the dressing, and then I put a dressing on it. I make a dressing out of Valencia orange juice that I squeeze. 
-hmm. and I put it in a blender and then I put like four sticks of celery. It's probably like, I don't know, half of a blender full by the time I'm done. It's oranges, celery, half an avocado if they're big and a whole one if they're small and clove or garlic maybe some herbs, but that's it. And I blend that up and pour it on my salad, um, eat that. Sometimes I eat tahini with orange juice for the dressing or other fruits I'll mix in there and try to mix it up. Like sometimes papayas and mangoes. Yeah. Sometimes I do no fat, but I try to keep my fat down pretty low and I only eat my fat at night with the salad. Yeah. So I think my fat intake's probably like 10 to 15% tops, but mostly it's right around 10% of my calories comes from fat. And I use chronometer, the application to check sometimes how much calories something has. Yeah. I, when, I, when I did this, I really did read a lot and, and like I had so many questions. So I kept trying to find answers. Could I ask you how how old are you? How old am I? I'm more than forty and <laughs> less than a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I notice you don't have you you don't really have any grey hair. <laughs> I got a couple, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it runs in my family. Yeah, you you look quite young for your age, anyway. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and what, what are some of the mistakes you think people make that you've seen on, on this diet? Uh, not having your house stocked up mm. with fruits and vegetables is like yeah. number one, because when you're hungry, you're just going to eat whatever you see. Yeah. You know, if you have an old, a box of old crackers you didn't throw out yet or a can of tuna fish, get rid of that stuff. Take everything out that you don't want to eat and put in what you do want to eat. So mm. there's my, can you see that? My fruit. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's one, that. one rack I have over there. Excellent. And yeah, I got bananas, papayas. It's a, it's a good time of year right now. It's kind of like the end of summer and some of the fall stuff's coming. Mm -hmm. So I got bananas, papayas, some persimmons. I got some melons. I got Valencias. I like those gold kiwis. Um, yeah. I, I even have some pomegranates coming, jujubes. Uh, I also have some guavas. Mm. So that always stock up, um, exercise, mm -hmm. what else? Always read, read about it until you think you know all the answers. Take a while. Do you think it helped going so to I've the events? The diet. Yeah. Go to the events, talk to people. Mm. That definitely helps. There's a lot of stuff online. When I first did it, there wasn't as many people 
Yeah. Um, doing it. And online, I'd find some people. I found Durian Rider. Yeah. Um, and I especially liked it when he was just starting out and he was like really into veganism and, and the environment and being healthy. And yeah. he had such a bold kind of create courageous attitude. I would eat my dinner watching his videos. <laughs> so, but, but lately I haven't followed him so much. Yeah. Um, so find people that you can, you know, talk to and meet with and eat with. Um, eat, don't eat so much fat. Don't eat so much dried food or packaged food. And yeah, it's really to be really healthy. You really just got to eat simple, simple sure. fruits, simple vegetables. You know, I guess. And what about supplementation or anything like that? Do you, do you worry about that? I don't take any supplements except sometimes I've taken vitamin B12 when I was unsure if I was low or not to see if it made any difference. And I didn't do that until maybe like I was into it for seven years. Yeah. And then I started to, to take some and now I take it and then I stop and then I take it and I stop. So, but I've learned from, Doug Graham, that, you know, if you're on the standard American diet, you're getting some supplemented vitamin B12 in, yeah. in your processed foods. And yeah. even the animals that, if you're eating animals, which I don't recommend, <laughs> um, they, they feed the animals supplements. They give the animals vitamin B12. They give them other things. So it's, Doug says vitamin B12 is not a supplement. He says it's, I think he said, you can't quote me on this, but cause I can't quote him, but he said something like it's something like, well, I know what it is. It's, it's, it's the waste product of microbes yeah. against bacteria. And so it's in the environment, it's in your body, but stress, extra stress can burn it up pretty quick. Yeah. Like yeah. the B, B vitamins can get burned up by, mm -hmm. I guess, being tense and anxious and worried and hurrying and all that hassle. You can burn up your B12s quickly. Mm -hmm. So there's not a whole lot, I don't think, in fruits and vegetables, but it is in the environment. It's in somewhere in soil. And I guess if you're eating really pure, wild, or at least cultivated foods that you didn't destroy anything, you might get some B12 there, but it's not that much. So I take some of that, and that's the only thing I take from time to time. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, Richard, for giving us some time. Uh, I think people would be uh, quite interested to learn more about what you're doing, especially with the, the farm, and maybe follow you. So it's at Topa Vista Farm on Instagram. Yeah, Topa Vista Farm. <clears throat> and you're a 13, 13 years on a raw vegan diet, and... Uh, 
someone I think people would be quite wise to follow and learn more from. Yeah, 13 years raw vegan. And before that, total, I've been raw vegan since 1998. I mean, total vegan since 1998, raw vegan since 2007. Awesome. Well, thank you for being part of the Love Fruit podcast today. Everyone, uh, thanks for listening. And feel free to share this with others or go and have a listen to some of the other interviews we've got. Um, you can go to fruitfest.co.uk slash podcast uh, to learn more about the, the podcast and feel free to follow it and share it around or rate it, whatever you want to do. Um, if you've got any questions for us, you can send uh, uh, questions to info at fruitfest.co.uk. But thanks you for listening today and thanks Richard for joining us. Have you got any last comments you want to make? Yeah, I want to say I've been listening to your podcast while I'm doing my farming over the last year. And I really appreciate you doing that. It's, it's interesting that you find these people and you have conversations with them and I don't know. It's it's an interesting style that you have with your interview. <laughs> I think it's, it's pretty real and relaxed. And so you, you mostly let the people talk, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. But I also think um, maybe you should ask me some more specific questions because I think I rambled. And I'm not sure if I was concise <laughs> enough and if I was clear enough. And I was also kind of nervous. So I didn't, I don't know if I said what I was, I probably said what I wanted to say, but I don't know if I said what was helpful enough or if, what, if that's what you wanted to hear. Well, I'd be happy for us to do this, do another one another time. And and we can go into things in a bit more detail maybe. But I think I think people will get a lot from your 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 answers and your experience and and i certainly enjoyed it all right thanks so thank you very much richard uh go and follow richard at topa vista farm stand maybe you can if you're in ohio in southern california maybe you can go and visit him or or uh visit his farm stand and see if you can get some some food from him uh and thank you for listening to the uh, love fruit podcast yeah and right now I don't have I don't have so much fruit, it's mostly vegetables. <laughs>